Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'm your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today Charlotte and I are back to give you the solution to Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie. So hi, Charlotte. Hi again. I'm back. (laughs) We have both discussed that we're not going to get into too many formalities. We're just going to get right into the solution because that's why you're here. You've, you've heard the story. You're on the edge of your seat. You're wondering what's happened. Were we right? Were you right? Let's find out. Yes. Let's see. I uh, I read the solution <laughs> directly after re- recording. So I, I understand the anticipation. Yeah. it's It was a good one. So, well, I guess I will say where we ended off. So we ended off where we kind of found found out that Mr. Ferguson is like a titled individual. He's proposed to Cordelia. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of un not necessarily unrelated, but it's that's what's just happened. And Poirot is set to like interview, interview some people, talk to some more people. Basically, he's going to start giving us the solution now, and we're ready for it. So he starts by bringing in Jim Fanthorpe, Mr. Fanthorpe, the British lawyer, mm-hmm. who basically he like, uh, I think Poirot kind of tells him what he thinks is going on. And at first Fanthorpe is like disagreeing. And so this is to do with that, you know, he's saying, I'm pretty sure you're a lawyer at the firm that handles Lynette Doyle's affairs. Mm-hmm. And I think you're here specifically to try and stop something from happening. So can you tell me more about it? And Mm -hmm. Fanthorpe, after a little bit of prodding, he agrees and kind of says, when we heard that Andrew Pennington was here, my firm has kind of noticed some problems or like some discrepancies in Lynette's finances because of her trustees. And so we've had suspicions that there there's something wrong going on there. And so when we heard that Andrew Pennington was had met up with them on their honeymoon, we knew something was up. So I was I was kind of sent out here to just listen and try and stop something from happening. Mm-hmm. So standard, right? It was pretty much exactly what like the book said and what we thought. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this one was hidden very much at all. Like it was, they said they kind of said this is what's happening, and it is what's happening. Yeah. So from there, now that they've got they've kind of got some assurance from Vanthorpe, they call in Andrew Pennington, or he's like been arranged to come meet with them, and it's kind of the same thing, like this like lawyer talk where at first he's being like you know, doesn't want to say anything. But Poirot shows him how he knows that he was, because of his luggage tags, like that's kind of ridiculous that he kept on the wrong luggage tape tags yeah. from the ship. Like he said, he was on boat A, but he had luggage tags from boat B. And mm-hmm. so Poirot was like, uh, you're on boat B. Yeah. Like, take it <laughs> in your face. Dummy. <laughs> so I think, I think Pennington, I think they got him to admit that he, yes, okay, we were having some troubles, like we had, whatever, invested money that we shouldn't have, and mm-hmm. we needed some time to get it back. And so I was trying to get her to like sign that away to us or whatever. Yeah. But because he said that, then Hercule Paro kind of points out, shows him how it looks like he's killed Lynette Doyle and how easy it would have been for Andrew Pennington to have killed Lynette Doyle. Like he's like, you yeah. were on the same side of the boat. It would have been the easiest thing in the world for you to just like pop in shooter like you you totally pushed that boulder over Mm -hmm. why if you attempted murder once why wouldn't you attempt it again yeah and so he's really pinning it on andrew pennington Mm -hmm. you said they were on the same side of the boat but they weren't on the same side of the boat 
Oh, my bad. Okay, I guess yeah. in my head I was picturing them. What, they're, is, they're... what does Paro say then? I guess he just, he says he, it would be easy for you to pop over and shoot her. Yeah, exactly. And also that it would fit with the, like, with your sleazy dealings. and Yeah. And also he brings yeah, up, yeah, you're right. he's like, he's... I'm pretty sure you did the rock thing, so. Yeah, you're right. And so he's just saying you have motive. Like, there's motive there, and you clearly don't have any scruples, so you totally do this. Mm-hmm. And I think Pennington admits to the, does he admit to pushing the boulder? Yeah, he pretty much, yeah, he does admit to it. I'm pretty sure after Colonel Reese and Cora uh, were like, wow, I didn't think he was going to admit to the, the, the boulder that easily. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So he admits to that, but he, like, firmly denies that he killed Lynette Doyle mm-hmm. and the other people, too, right? Like, now there's been three deaths, and I think yeah. they kind of believe him and let him go, right? Yeah, exactly. So once that happens, Poro's like, all right, now let's talk to Tim Allerton. Let's bring mm-hmm. him into the room. So he comes in, and I think Poro lays it out for him. Basically exactly what we talked about when we were discussing, like, what we thought had happened, where they talk about, like, the diamond. Poro knows a lot more than us, actually. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> it's been well known in, like, Scotland Yard that there's been this jewel thief that they think is like someone in society so that Mm -hmm. would have access to these jewels because someone has been making these cleverly designed forgeries Mm -hmm. and replacing them with the, with the real thing and stealing them. But, but more than that, they, they knew Joanna Southwood's name. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. No, Joanna Southwood was like not confirmed, but she was pretty much confirmed to be involved and they thought there was a second person. Yeah. So, so Poirot's like outright accusing Tim Allerton and then he tells him how he would have done it. And he says, I noticed there was some rosary, a rosary beads in your room that looked pretty elegant or extravagant. I'm willing to bet that the pearls are hidden in those rosary beads. Mm-hmm. So there's the Catholic thing coming up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's what you mentioned. So they, they accuse him of that. And then they, Poirot says, and so you stole, we were, we're pretty sure you stole the pearls that night. It wouldn't be a step too far to assume that you also killed Lynette Doyle because maybe she woke up and caught you in the act and so she, you shot her. Mm-hmm. Or you just wanted to be sure. What if you weren't sure that she would recognize that they were fakes and so you got rid of her so that she couldn't tell they were fakes? Yeah. And of course, when if you killed Lynette Doyle and then the, the maid comes to blackmail you, well, you have to kill her as well. And then mm-hmm. when... When Mrs. Otterborn has caught you, you have to shoot her. And it would have been, as we had kind of said, it would have been the easiest thing in the world for him to have run around the corner and then yeah. turned around and run back into the row. Yeah, it was exactly what you said. Yeah, exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. I was like, aha, Caitlin's got it. <laughs> it was exactly what I said, except it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he, I think Tim Allerton kind of goes like, it's not true, it's not true. And Poirot says, okay, I believe you, except about the pearls. I think Tim Allerton comes clean and he kind of is like, all right, okay, I admit to it all. Of course, I'm not going to admit to anything Joanna did. Like, you can't get her, but you can get me. And then he kind of turns to Colonel Race and is like, okay, so what next? And basically, Poirot says, take the box of pearls. No, no, they call in Miss Otterborn. Yeah, they call in Miss Otterborn. Yeah. It turns out Rosalie had seen Tim Allerton that night sneaking into Lynette Mm -hmm. Doyle's room and had been willing to cover for him yeah, because she thought he was the murderer. Well, they said she, she thought he was the murderer, but she also like was like, no way he's the murderer. There must be something else kind of thing. 
That's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's true. They, I was going to say, they kind of insinuate that they had more of a relationship, like that she, because didn't she say something like, you've always been so nice to me or, or something like that. I, so do you think that the Allertons and the, the, uh, Otterborns knew each other and I just, like, we didn't pick up on that? No, I or, don't. Okay. You I think they think just so. met, they just met yeah. on this journey. Yeah. And so okay. what Charlotte is referencing is like, this all goes on and then Tim proposes to Rosalie. Yeah. So, and this was a shock because it was like, where'd this come from? I don't like, sure, there were parts of the book where they like talk to each other, but it did not seem like there was a budding romance at all. No, it didn't. <laughs> so, so Poirot being the, the true Cupid matchmaker, he lets Tim Allerton take the fake pearls and basically is like, why don't you take that box of fake pearls and examine them and see if they're the real ones? And Tim gets the hint, which is, put the real pearls in this box and return it to me. Yeah. Like no harm, no foul, which is ridiculous. But okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this because Poirot does that a lot. <laughs> or he'll he does go, do that a lot. Oh yeah. Let's let this slide or let's let justice play out itself. Like <laughs> he doesn't seem <laughs> well, to, yeah, not to... <laughs> in, like, in like judges and the due process or whatever i'm not to process but like not to give serving time but uh murder on the night or sorry uh murder on the orient express yes i I wasn't even thinking of that one i was thinking of a different one but i was going to mention it oh there's many there's so many yeah i feel like that's just like a very like in your face one yeah so anyway so tim and tim and uh and uh rosalie get to go off and be engaged yeah they go off boom bing bop there you go so then Tim leaves. And so I think Colonel Reese at this point is like, so who is it? Like, you keep bringing these people into the room and it's not them. Like, what is going mm-hmm. on here? I think who mentions it but says that the, um, is it Miss Miss Otterburn? Like, is it Rosalie that says something about what the telegram said? Uh, no, it was the doctor came. came. Oh, the doctor okay. comes in, right. And he kind of says, yeah, Simon was talking about what the telegram said. It said something, you know, about potatoes and beetroots. And it hits Colonel Race at this point, oh, that's the newfangled code. And Charlotte, I totally should have gotten this because the code he's talking about is from the man in the brown suit that I read a couple months oh ago. Oh my goodness. It's wow. the same code. Like it's the it's the it's the South South African rebellion that he's referencing that Colonel mm. Race was also around for. It's the same code. Okay. Well, you should have gotten it. I I mean I listened to that one, but I didn't get it either. <laughs> I, don't, I, probably not, I probably didn't say it in the podcast because it wasn't really important information, but mm-hmm. I definitely read it. And it is funny to have that kind of like a very small detail callback from another book. I liked that. Yeah. So then, so we've kind of, so that's, so that means that Signor Rachetti is Colonel Race's man. He's the rebellion leader slash murderer of people not on the boat. And so mm-hmm. they, they're just like, great, they're going to get him when they land. And then finally, Poirot starts to get into, okay, we've we've wiped away all the side stories. Let's get mm-hmm. down to the meat. Yeah. So we, I think he starts by saying, the maid, when the maid said, I like, what are you accusing me of? That I, I left my room last night because I couldn't sleep and I came up the stairs and I looked onto the deck and I saw someone going into Lynette's room. Like, is that what you're accusing me of? Mm-hmm. And Poirot's kind of pointing out that that would... If she did know something and was trying to blackmail some someone, you'd say you saw nothing. Yeah. Because 
you'd want to tell them you didn't say anything to be able to blackmail them. And if you had actually seen nothing, you would have just said, I didn't wake up, I saw nothing. So the Mm -hmm. reason she had said that must have been because someone in the room, she wanted them to hear so that they would Mm -hmm. know that she knew something. And so they're pointing out who was in the room at the time. Well, there was Colonel Mace and Poirot, but they're Mm -hmm. kind of excluding themselves. Who else? The doctor, the doctor. German doctor, and Simon Doyle. Mm-hmm. So That's the doctor who's in the room at the time gets all peeved because, you know, he's, they were accusing him before of his knife speed. He's like, you know, um, scalpel or whatever being used mm-hmm. for the murder of the maid. And he's already upset. And so Poirot goes, goes like, don't want to ruffle your feathers anymore. But it would make more sense for it to be Simon Doyle because the reason the maid could have approached the doctor anytime and done it, you know, mm-hmm. hush, hush. But Simon Doyle, she didn't have access to because he was holed up in the doctor's room. No one could come yeah. see him without without it being known. Mm-hmm. And so they think si- she was she saw Simon Doyle go into Lynette's room the night mm-hmm. before. But then the doctor goes, that's impossible. Like, he's been shot. He couldn't move. Everything like that. He couldn't move. And so Poirot kind of admits that that's how he had seen it originally. That's how he had been looking at it. And it had been very confusing. But then mm-hmm. he started to look at it in a different light. So he brings he goes up the nail polish. To, yeah. But he also goes back to the main thing was the gun. That was the thing that was bugging him. Right. Right. Of, right. He kind of said, why was the gun thrown overboard? Mm-hmm. Why was it thrown overboard? And why did Jackie take it under the stay? Mm-hmm. So then he explains, this is interesting because we've kind of, for the most part, this was you and I's guess, but there are mm-hmm. like details that we didn't necessarily clue into. Yeah. So, for instance, the gun, we didn't pick up on why it had to be thrown into the ocean. And that's because Simon had to use it to kill Lynette. But then he had to come back to the, the lounge mm-hmm. and shoot himself in the leg. Yeah. And once so he, he shot himself in the leg, he couldn't do anything with the gun except throw it out a window into the ocean. Yes. And so that's why the gun had to be thrown away, but couldn't be left in the room because it needed to be used again. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that it had to be kicked under the settee because it had to be out of view so that when Mr. Fanthorpe and Cornelia came back into the room or whoever came back into the room, the gun wasn't in their line of sight because they thought it was under the settee, but actually it's in the ocean or it's just not in the ocean. It's in the river. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So then they, so then they, they go, okay, so yeah, it's Simon Doyle. So, so there were, uh, there were some other points that like Poirot was getting into with, with like what else had happened that set up this murder. So one of the ones that we didn't figure out was with the stole. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I really, really wish I had articulated this more when we did our previous podcast. But one thing that I had Mm -hmm. found fishy was if Simon was shooting himself in the leg, he would have been shooting himself in very Mm -hmm. close range. And so he should have gotten marks on his, on his leg that people would have seen. Um, like char marks, like smoke, char marks, or which was on right? which was on Lynette's head, right? Because they they said that mm-hmm. the gun had been on her, and I was thinking if he was shooting himself in the leg, shouldn't he have had marks like a marking on that? But mm-hmm. that's where the stole comes in. So he had stolen the stole or hidden the stole, and what Perot mm-hmm. realizes is he needed to shoot himself, but he didn't want there to be another shot heard. So he was using the stole as a way to muffle the shot while also preventing like char marks from appearing 
on his leg. And then that makes sense with the splashes because someone had said, they, I think it was Tim had said, he swear he heard a pop and followed by a splash, which mm-hmm. would have been the splash of the gun hitting the river. And right. not the splash later of the Rosalie putting the bottles in the water. So, so that's all crazy. And I think, you know, Colonel Race and I think the doctor, I think the doctor and Cornelia are in the room. They're like all mm-hmm. blown away. Oh. And it's like, what's left but to confront Simon? Yeah. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't say about the nail polish, right? Right. Yeah. So the nail yeah, polish yeah. was, it actually wasn't nail polish. It was red ink because it would fade easier. Which to me is like, whenever I get an ink stain, does it fade? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ink was different back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that it was it was that nail polish bottle full of ink that mm-hmm. uh Simon Doyle had used and then left in Lynette's room when he had shot her. Yeah. And also apparently he had drawn the letter J on her wall and that was like a, a it spur of the moment flourish. But mm-hmm. we can get to that because that's Jackie's point of view. Yeah. So they go to, they confront Simon Doyle, and apparently he gives in without a fight. He just, he just, you know, completely folds. And Poirot mm-hmm. talks to Jackie later and kind of gets some more of the backstory onto the, onto the murder. And it, it was right. a little bit different than I had kind of guessed. Mm-hmm. But also, we should say, so everyone was saying, but this is crazy. This is crazy. Simon Doyle couldn't have done it. Like, if they had done it and whatever, this would involve premeditation, Right. And also that Simon, but he was injured. Simon, like, he can't move. Who would have done these killings since then? And then that's where her Mm -hmm. pro goes. Well, it was premeditated. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. So he brings into the fact that it's with Jackie. It was Jackie and Simon. And Mm -hmm. so we're talking to Jackie afterwards. And she gives some of the backstory on to that. It was a little different than we had talked about. It was the idea that. Simon Simon had wanted her to get him this job with Lynette and once mm-hmm. they they hadn't gone there with the intent of Lynette falling yeah. in love with Simon but as soon as she says that as soon as they got there she had watched Lynette try and get Simon away from her and mm-hmm. was just like disgusted that Lynette would do that yeah which I was surprised because I um, honestly thought that it had been was even more premeditated like I yeah I, I was suspecting yeah. them from the very beginning like from the conversation overheard that poor overheard but at that time uh they would not have had this plan in place at all correct yeah yeah Yeah. and so it ended up being um the way she was describing it is that she had never wanted like had never wanted to do these murders it was simon who was intent on it he he wanted money and thought that the way he could do it was by killing lynette and so when jackie realized that she knew that simon was kind of like too dumb to do it on his own and if they mm-hmm. wanted to get away with it she was gonna have to help plan it and she loved him so much that she was like willing to do that which is crazy yeah crazy they're they, they're both crazy simon's la doofus and jackie's yeah just i can't believe he did <laughs> yeah. yeah well as pro said they let evil into their hearts and evil came yep so there you go yeah so but it's not over yet though right char no no well, first of all, before we get to the real ending, are we going to talk about what happens with Cornelia? Yeah, go for it. Oh, so we ended because, you know, not enough for like one, two, three, how many love stories we had in this. <laughs> but <laughs> we last left it with Ferguson 
proposing to Cornelia and Cornelia saying, what? Like, no, what? Uh, you're horrible. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Cornelia comes the next or the day they're there docking and they're going to leave. And I think she's telling Poirot, oh, by the way, I'm going to get mar- getting married. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my God, she said yes to Ferguson. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and she goes, no, no, I'm getting married to Dr. Besner or Bezer. Yeah. So they end up together. And I was like, yes, Cornelia. Thank you. I really didn't see that coming. And the fact that she goes, like, I think she says, like, word for word, he's, like, not even 50 yet. Yeah. Okay. We, we've kept them on their toes. How does this end? Okay. Yeah. So so they're they're disembarking. And the, the way it works is Senor Machete is taken off first to be arrested. And then they get a stretcher and they go out to get Simon. Simon Doyle and Jacqueline has been kept under watch from like a stewardess to make sure she doesn't do anything and so she is being walked off with Simon and I think they have like a moment before they leave the boat where Simon hasn't been able to talk to Jackie up to this point so he apologizes to her for like giving the show away and I think Jackie Jackie says it's 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 okay like this was bound to happen like we I don't know we deserved it like something along those lines Mm -hmm. and then super suddenly she pulls out a pistol and shoots Simon. And mm-hmm. then as Curtis lunges for her, she shoots herself in the heart. Dun, dun, dun. And it was yeah. so it, the mystery gun. It was, exactly. Yeah. And so this is, I, I, I should have said it on the podcast last week as like a, a theory of like, what if the gun got slipped into Rosalie's bag? Because mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking it. But honestly, and I, I told Charlotte this earlier today, I really thought that Jackie couldn't kill anyone. Like, I really thought it was only Simon that could have killed people. That's why I was, like, so set that Tim Allerton yeah. had done it. Had done but me was like, no, nope, nope, Jackie could do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. I Like, I didn't think Tim could kill anyone either. Like, his personality didn't seem like that type. But mm-hmm. I just could not picture Jackie killing anyone. And so the fact that, like, she would have the second gun, it was really throwing me for a loop like that. Mm-hmm. That to me just... But- I think we should have realized that they were so like they were the same gun pretty much like they're both pearl little small pistols so it makes sense them yeah yeah so essentially what happened was they were doing a search and so Jacqueline just slipped the gun into Rosalie's purse and that's why I was seen and then when Mm -hmm. they were seen talking later um when I said I thought Mm -hmm. that was when uh Jacqueline heard that um that Mrs. Otterborn had seen something uh, was actually Jacqueline coming in just to get the gun back from Rosalie without her noticing. Yeah, very interesting. So that's that. That was a fantastic story. I can see why it's going to be a movie. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to watch the movie. It, yeah. This is releasing middle, maybe middle to beginning of November. The movie comes out at the beginning of December. So we've got about a month to go. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I I think Jacqueline and Simon were dumb because why would you shoot? Why would shoot Simon shoot himself in the leg? Like that just could have gone so wrong. Yeah, but okay. Uh, well, I, I was gonna say is we just need to touch now upon Hercule Poirot and like allow she he knew that that was gonna happen that Jacqueline was gonna do that. Uh, or at least suspected mm-hmm. it because he suspected that she had the extra yeah. gun and it's like really. Poro, all yeah. of those people's families deserve justice. 
and you let them yeah. just kill themselves. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So anything else to add, Char? I don't think so. I really enjoyed this one. I like the twist and I like the twist and turns. I would like to do this again, hopefully yeah. with another another guest if anyone can convince anyone to read a book with me. Because I feel like this mm-hmm. is a fun format, but let me know in the comments or send me an email at TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com. Send me a DM on Instagram, which is at Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Uh, by this point, I have a, I now have a Patreon that's new. So if you'd like to uh, join the community, you can go to, uh, I believe it's patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club. But I will leave a link in the description of this podcast. What else, Char? Uh, great episode. It was fun. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this solution episode, a new thing for us. And I will see you next week for Tuesday Night Mystery Club podcast. Goodbye. Bye.